0: So, in my, um, when I was praying, I was just thanking lo- the Lord for um, this renewal. Um, and I was thinking last night of 2 Corinthians 4 um, 8 through 9. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. And in verse 16, uh, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is being re- renewed um, day by day. And how when we experience these physical ailments, um, we know that God is still for us. Um, Genesis 50:20. Um. What the enemy means for evil, God means for good. Um. And I love. Um, Psalm. Twenty seven. Just in, you know, your own personal circumstances and when things seem to be against us. Um. God's still for us. Um. Psalms twenty seven says, "The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear?" The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid when the wicked even my enemies and my foes come up come came upon me to eat my flesh they st- stumbled and fell though a host should encamp against me my heart shall not fear though war should rise against me in this will I be confident one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord um, and I, I love this verse verse five, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock. Um, <clears throat> and I just love the you know Christ being our our rock, our solid foundation that will never um, move, move us in our circumstances, what we go through, the pain in our body. Um, that we can have our eyes fixed on him and be renewed daily. Um, so yeah, that's it.
1: All right, in, in Psalm chapter 8, verse 1, it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in and above all the earth and what goes on. Have set your glory even above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes, we just heard from a couple, no, great men of God, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings have you ordained, notice that, have you ordained, and really what it says in the Hebrew is founded, has founded strength because of your enemies that you might still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man, that you are mindful of him, that you've set your mind on him, and the son of man, that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent, wonderful, how excelling is your name, the very nature, your very nature and all your works in all the earth. And this is a beautiful portion here because when we read this portion here, we have to go to Hebrews, the second chapter. And in Hebrews chapter 2, and I'll read those. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, and we start in verse 6 of Hebrews, chapter 2 and verse 6, it says, but one in a certain place testified. And that's very interesting. So notice what it says, that one, that one individual in a certain place Testifies. So in other words, it's very important for us to be able to be in our proper place so that we can be a proper witness. So we can give a, a, a true and honest and beautiful testimony of Christ. One in a certain place testified saying, what is man that you are mindful of him, that you set your mind on him? Or the son of man that you visit him? You made him a little lower than the angels. Notice what it says. You made him just, and really the Greek says, just for a little while, because this is referring to Christ. If we want to talk about perfect identification, we've said before so many other times, as you see in the book of Revelations, and that's really brought out, where it talks about the Lamb, that that Christ is. That speaks of his God in perfect humanity. In Christ and what a what a thing and what a beautiful thought that is so when it says here in Hebrews 2 and verse 7 that you made him a little lower than the angels just for a little time in his humanity he was made a little lower than the angels why because he's always God did, did God after ever have to learn obedience of course not but in humanity to identify with us and to fulfill our obedience in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 6, he had to be for a little time. God himself manifested and expressed and revealed through his Son for a little time. God put on humanity through Christ. He made him for a little while lower than the angels. <laughs> Can you imagine that God, the Son, who with implementing the perfect plan of the Father with, of course, the Holy Spirit as one with them, creates everything. John 1, 3 says he created everything. The Son. The very Son himself. In Colossians 1, in verse 16, he created everything. Every single thing. They were created by him and for him in Colossians 1, 15 and 16. He created these angels. We've said before, and we need to know this, that of course there being no evil in who God is, but only good in Exodus 34 and verse 6, he created created the angels with a free will. He created Lucifer. He never created Satan. That was a choice of his own will. So here he created all these angels, God the Son. And yet God the Son would come and put on humanity for a time. That speaks of his, what is God like? Is God humble? Not in terms, not in terms of obedience, but in terms of him revealing himself and coming down to us, to where we are, where we were in all our ruin and all our despair and in all our pain. He came down God came down, and and that's the humility of Christ, and that's brought out where he says in Philippians 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you, let this whole mindset be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who didn't consider his deity, his very deity, to be be an outward expression, although of course at times it was, with the miracles that, that Christ accomplished as he was led by the Holy Spirit to do so, but he was made for a time a little lower than the angels. He had to humble himself. Because in his humanity, and he learned with instant obedience, because he didn't have a sin nature. He had a human nature. And he never went by his own will. Because in John 8, verse 29, he makes it clear. He said he always did those things that pleased the Father. He came in John 4, and verse 34, to fulfill the will of the Father and to finish the works to finish the works. And uh, what a beautiful portion that is. And so he came, didn't think his his deity was something to be grasped and held onto at all times. But he humbled himself. (laughs) He humbled himself. And he became obedient unto death, feeling what it would do, identifying with us. No wonder it says, in Revelations 21 and verse four, and also it says in Revelation 17 and verse 17, he's going to wipe away every tear, every tear and expression of death, pain and sorrow and through him putting on this humanity. So he's with us. And then the beautiful thing about it is, is that God, as, as was said earlier, God has identified himself in the, mo- in the most incredible way that he could ever do it. He's identified with every single one of us in our pain, our sorrow, our crying, and our death. Jesus wept in John 11, verse 35. He groaned in John 11, verse 33. He groaned. Just like all of his creation in Romans 8, 23, to the end of that particular chapter, and all of its beauty and completion. You see, we're groaning, but we'll see, we're seeing where it's leading to. And when we groan, and we do groan, we groan in, John, in Romans 8, 22 and 23, right down through. But we do it in the proper place of God for us. Proper groaning, God for us. And, <clears throat> and when we do God for us in our groaning, who can be against us? All these enemies have been dealt with. And thank God in Romans 8, verse 1, since there is therefore now no condemnation to us in Christ, there's no condemnation. By the time you get to uh, 8 uh, 1 and then you get to 39 in Romans 8, there's no separation. There's no separation. He separated us from all guilt and condemnation so we can groan properly. And uh, so what it says here. It, again, it says, and did, and you crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of your hands. Now, that was originally what he did for Adam, the first Adam. That was God's plan. God's plan was to was to to bless that first Adam. But don't you know, <laughs> and don't I know. When I read Revelations 13 and verse 8, the Lamb was slain, when? Before the foundation of the earth. Before anything was created. Before any angel was ever even created, what was his mind on? We read it in Psalm 8. In verse 4. What is man that you're mindful of him? Because who is man in Christ? A brand new creation. We see that in Second Corinthians 5 and 17. We see that based upon uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. That's the crown, you and I, in Christ, are the height and crown of all of God's creation. He couldn't couldn't do any better. And so the plan of God is still going on now, but not through the first Adam. It's brought out in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we see, we start in verse 45 and go right to verse 49. It's the second Adam. First Adam for us is done away with crucified in Romans six, one through six. It's crucified and buried. All our sins dealt with and paid for, removed, Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west. If you go in eternity, go east and tell me when you stop. Go west, tell me when you stop. They're gone in Christ Jesus. That's what, what is man that God is mindful of him. Has he ever not been mindful of us? And so we see here again, when it says, and this is speaking about Christ, the second Adam, as was just brought out, you, God, have put all things under his feet. And when we're in him, and when we function in our proper place with a proper image, what do you suppose that brings out to you and I? And this is what this brings out, and we'll get right back to that in a moment, but this is what it brings out. Who Who are the faithful in Ephesians 1 and verse 1? Who are the faithful? Now, this is not talking about always functioning in proper character. Just the fact that we've been placed in Christ Jesus, he considers us in our position and in his view, faithful. Because we're in the Son of his love in Colossians 1 and verse 13. So we, everything that God has done for us in Christ is what? What does it say in Ephesians 1 verse 1? It's by the will of God. And who completed the will of God? Who started it? Psalm forty seven and eight. Who started it in John four verse thirty four? Who was working with the Son in John five and verse seventeen? The Father with the Son with the Holy Spirit proceeding from both, and finishing it on Calvary, where the enemy thought he finally was going to end it, and it was only our eternal beginning, <laughs> in on the cross in John nineteen, in verse thirty. He finished it for us. We're more than conquerors in him. Okay, more than conquerors in Romans 8, verse 37. It reveals and manifests a greater amount of grace and strength for God to lead us through the pain, through the crying, through the sorrow. And that sorrow there is is the sorrow that's not of 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. The one that does have regret, he's leading us right through that, right through it. He leads us. You read Psalm 23, those beautiful six verses there in Psalm 23. We have a shepherd. And when he's shepherding, when he is the head of us, we don't lack a single thing. We all need a shepherd. And we have one, the one shepherd that's brought out in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, and verses 9 to 13. We all have that one shepherd, all of us. We all have that in common in Christ. And he's our head. He's our new head, individually. And so when we see that and follow through, our position brought out beautifully in Ephesians, the first chapter, by the time you get to the 23rd verse... 22nd verse, look what it says, and has put all things under what? His feet. Are we in Christ? Are we? Are all things then, with us being in Christ, if they're all under his feet, are they under ours? You know what that means? That every single step that we take, every single step that's brought out in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3, every step that you take, I've given you. Meaning there's a provision. You may not see it yet. You may not see it yet, but we don't need Gideon's fleece of doubt trying to prove God. Show me first and then I'll trust you. No, we walk by faith in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, not by sight, because we look at the things not that are seen, but the things that are, that are unseen. Because the things that are seen are very temporal in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Things not seen are eternal. Those are the invisible realities that are ours in Christ. And so he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be what? To gave him to be what? To be what? Head over all to the church. Things I don't think belongs there right now because he's talking about opposition in Christ. Those are the, that's He's talking to us. It's not just things. It's to be head over all. That's all us in Christ. To what? The church. The church is the word that's synonymous with Christ Himself. It's His body. Ephesians 5.30, we are His bride. And Revelations, the 19th chapter, in verses 7 and 9, we are His bride. And everything in His plan, in His mind, already, An eternity past, being worked out in time, is the proof that He's more sufficient to us. And it takes more grace and strength to lead us through these things than to take us out. And that's why we don't run. And and, And that's why we don't hide. And that's why we continue to take steps to go forward. Because faith in Hebrews 11:1 faith dependence is the substantiation it's the proof of the things that we're hoping for that are ours in Christ based upon Colossians 1 and verse 27 as we are on our way with eternal life in us out of time into eternity to be with him forever face to face in 1 Corinthians 13:12 to have an immediate in beautiful and eternal exchange that only that individual has with Christ based upon what he led them through with them in time on earth goes into their beautiful fellowship, that hidden manna and that new name on that new stone in Revelations 2 and verse 17. So he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all to the church, which is what? His body. That's why things don't belong there. It's italicized which is His body. Listen to what it says. The fullness of Him that fills all in all. <laughs> oh, Lord, what an amazing thing. And that's why it says, as we, as we begin to wrap this up this morning, that's why it says here, even here, in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews 2. <clears throat> again, let's read it again in Hebrews chapter 2. Based upon Christ's fulfilling Psalm, the eighth chapter, this is the fulfillment of it in, in, in Hebrews 2 and verse 6. But one in, in a certain place testified unto who the one is, it would be God Himself. He's the only one that can give a proper interpretation and testimony and revelation based upon that illumination of that word that He can give. He testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of? him? You set your mind on him or the son of man that you visited him. Because remember, remember, how did God, did God the Father ever see his son in his eternal mind outside of being the lamb for you and I? For himself in propitiation in Genesis 22 and verse 8. And I love what that says because when God provides for himself in propitiation, we know that he provides for us. Because he's invested the very best that he could of himself. And that was his son who's in each and every one of us. In 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7, we have this treasure. Yes, these bodies are frail. Subject to a lot of things. But he is leading us right through. Ah. And pretty soon, in Philippians 3 and verse 20 and 21, we're going to get these new glorified bodies. Ah. No more death, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And now it's just a face-to-face fellowship for all eternity. And so, what is man that you visited him? Well, you made him, this is speaking of Christ, a little lower for a little time than the angels that he created. I mean, who could ever do that? Who would even think of doing anything like that other than God? And in doing it for himself in propitiation, did he have you and I in mind? Boy, he sure did. He made him a little lower for a little time then the angels you crowned him with glory one of these times we're going to get into what that means when it talks about the crowns and what they mean you crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of your hand that that adam lost the dominion over all the earth over himself over all the works of god's hand that were given to glorify God and to bless Him, the second Adam came in. You put all things in subjection under His feet. Now, when we read that again, we read again Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Ah, is everything with you and I in Christ because it's under His feet and he's in us and we're in him is every step that God calls us to a victorious step by faith and not by sight. That's right. That's exactly right. You put all things in subjection, submission under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection unto him, he left nothing that is not put unto him. That's every single detail of our life. God is a God of details. His creation reveals it. does. Certain flowers, certain flowers, certain flowers, some of them <clears throat> of the same type. There's a, a variety of 35,000 different ones. <laughs> He's very precise. He's very precise. I love my wife uh, uh, the way she loves the flowers and, and the way she deals with them. And if you look at a flower and all its preciseness. You know, the Bible says that Solomon in all of his glory wasn't even beautifully arrayed as one of those flowers. You know, that's who we are in Christ, and that's how he sees us in our brand new nature, in our proper image. You put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, even what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. Even, Even every one of those precious individuals there that we uh, continue to pray. I, w- I want to keep my mind on him because then I have a proper image. And then I want to keep my mind in prayer for others. And so, all things under his feet and subjection unto him. Listen, he left nothing that is not put unto him. But now we see not yet all things put unto him. Because that's prophecy being worked out. Now, in terms of who we are in Christ, is everything already dealt with? Everything dealt with. But right now, when we look at what's going on in the world in terms of prophecy, has it yet been put onto his feet? No. It's being worked out. But as far as God's concerned, is it already done? It is. It is. That's what Jesus said when he even said it on the cross. Not only in terms, of course, in propitiation for the Father, and then as a substitute to reconcile all those that would receive him, having their sins dealt with, based upon Leviticus chapter 1 and verse 4, and then in the the two lots, in Leviticus the 16th chapter. But what do we see? What, What do we see there? What do we see that's very, very, very clear in the Scriptures? We see, but what do we see? We see not yet all things put unto Him, because prophecy is, in the, is in, in the process of being worked out in time. But what do we see? We see Jesus. Is my eye on what's going on in the world causing me fear? As a, as a matter of fact, has God given me the spirit of fear in 2 Timothy seven? No. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That spirit, fear is a spirit, by the way, Let's, the Bible makes it clear, and that's why we need to try the spirits, whether they are of God or not. And if it doesn't have to do with the confidence and the assurance of who we are in Christ, we know it's not Jesus Christ, and we know it's not about us, based upon 1 John 4 and verse 1 and 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Who's the power? It's Christ himself who keeps us through all of this. In 1 Peter 1 and verse 5. Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24. But now we see not yet all things put unto him, but we see Jesus who was made for a little time, lower than the angels. Okay, lower, lower than the angels. And really, if you see four there, the better translation is by the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him. Now, when you see it became him, now you go back to Psalm the eighth chapter and you know why, What what was God's mind and what caused him for his son to come out and put on humanity so he could visit with us. It became him. It was everything about God to win back those in, 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 in the human race that would receive him because he so deeply desired them. He has no pleasure when the wicked perish. In Ezekiel 18, verse 23, and 2 Peter 3, and verse 9, it became him. Listen, for whom are all things. I mean, everything that was created. In all of his creation, material creation, all the angels, what was the most important thing to him? Even more than all that he created, it was you and I, oh God. It's you and I. And bringing many sons. And by whom are all things? What? And bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their, your and I, salvation, complete through sufferings, listen, for both he that sanctifies and they that are sanctified, this is position, and hopefully through proper preaching and teaching to be worked into our experience so that we can grow in grace first, and Second Peter 3 and verse 18, and then have a right experiential knowledge based upon positional truth. For both he that sanctifies Sanctifies. That was the Lord's prayer, Jesus' high priestly prayer in John seventeen and verse seventeen. He said, "Sanctify them in your truth. Set them apart from the old." And we are positionally now experientially set them apart from the old. Set them apart. Sanctify them in your truth. Who is truth in John fourteen six? Jesus Himself is truth. Sanctify them in your truth, your Word. Who's the Word in John one one? It's Christ. Sanctify them in your truth. Sanctify them. And that's why even Jesus in John 17 and verse 19 put on humanity so that he, in his life, fulfilling everything for the Father and to the Father and for us, had to sanctify himself. That's what it means. He put on humanity. (laughs) He sanctified himself. He never, he, he, he never operated outside the love of the Father. He was always obedient and expressed it. He, didn't have, he never had to learn like you and I have to learn through disobedience. But he still sees us in our position. And everything he does, even in terms of chastisement, in Proverbs 3 11 and 12, in Hebrews the 12th chapter, you can see, you can start at verse 4 and go all the way to 29th verse, you can see it. Even it's his love that chastens us. And, and many times when we refuse grace, it's still the first step of His grace towards us because we're in Christ. So as we close this this morning, we see this. For both he that sanctifies, okay, and that's Christ in John 17 and verse 19, and they who are sanctified, that's us in Christ, one, made one, John 17, 11, 21, and 22, We're all one is the church, one church, not many, not divided, but one in Ephesians 4 4 through 6. For this cause, since we're all one in Him, listen to what it says. For which cause? Which cause? The cause of His love, God Himself. He is not ashamed to call us brethren. You understand that? God is, there's no shame. We may grieve the Holy Spirit. And cause pain in God's heart. And we can. Based upon Ephesians 4 and verse 30. We can. If we, don't, if we speak outside of grace. It's corruption. It's death from the old. In 429 of Ephesians. But what we see here. Can we grieve him? Yes. But is it shame? Is it based on shame? No. It's based on perfect love. That's completed everything about us. Because we're like him. Being in him. In 1 John 4.17. And that's why there's no fear in love. None whatsoever. None in 1 John 4 18. <clears throat> he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare. Listen to this I, for all eternity, right now, and even in his intercession as Christ intercedes for us. In Romans 8 and verse 34, in Hebrews 7 and verse 25, in Hebrews 9 and verse 26, he's interceding for us. And what he's doing there is He's declaring, He's the manifestation and declaration to the Father of who we are in Him. (laughs) God, positionally. Oh, Lord, what an amazing God we have. He's not ashamed to call us brethren. And even His chastisement is getting us out of that shame and out of that evil, experientially, as those that are in Christ, and bringing Him to a proper place of sonship. In Romans 8, verse 15, so the Holy Spirit can continually reveal to us our proper image in 8:16 and show us the inheritance that we have in 8:17 of Romans saying I will declare your name your very nature unto my brethren in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto you and you know what that says there you know what it says when he's in the midst of the church he he will sing praises you know what that's saying that when you, when, when you enter into, and, and God is bringing us into eternity based upon Revelations 4 and verse 1, come up here and I'll show you things. When it says that in Revelations 4 1, come up and I will show you things to come. He's bringing us into the eternal, to, eternal realities in time. <laughs> He's not leaving anything undone. And so, by the time you get into the fifth chapter, you see all the saints... All our loved ones right now, you want to know what they're doing? They're all around His throne. They're the heavenly choir worshiping around His throne. That's what our loved ones are doing. In Revelations chapter 5 and verse 9, they're singing the eternal song. Revelations 5 verses 11 and 12. What is the song of all eternity? It's the song of the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. Is the land. That's what they're doing right now. And that's what God's preparing us. Right? We're, we're, we're the, we're is, we are in, in time right now. We're the nightly choir in his absence. But he's teaching us how to sing in Job 35 and verse 10. And in Psalm 77 and verse 6. And countless other places. He's teaching us and preparing us for choir worship. For all eternity. To be, and to fill our place. And there's places that aren't filled just yet <laughs> and you know can you all our loved ones they're the looking at Christ and don't you think they don't hear his words of interceding for us by name because they do because they're not they'll never be separated from him will they never never their view of us and what Christ is doing is incredible and even to the angels in First Peter 1 and verse 12. There's no shame in what Christ has accomplished. Nothing. And he has it all in his mind as he's building us up on our foundation, right? Like he said he would do in Matthew 16 and verse 18, in that foundation that is brought out with the epistles that the heavenly Christ gave the apostle Paul in First Corinthians 3, 10 and 11. For us to build ourselves on, while our eye is on Christ and we're seeing prophecy being fulfilled. And what an amazing plan he has, it's so incredible. So Father, we thank you for your great love for us. You didn't hold back a thing, you gave, you couldn't give any better than giving us the son of your love. You've got every detail taken care of and we walk by faith Complete dependence, not by sight. We just thank you and praise you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. You can't be anything other than who you are. You are faithfulness. And we're to write these words indelibly on our heart and our experience based upon our position. Write these words in Revelations 21 and verse 5 because they are true and faithful. And thank you, Lord, for our position in 1 John 5, 20. We're in him who's true. And when we walk in that truth experientially, based upon the position of who we are in Christ, it'll keep us from idols. Anything that competes with you and us and who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.